This week's guest is Alexandra Evans, who joins us for an in-person interview. Alex started her hospitality career over four decades ago when she landed her first job working at a French cafe just a few blocks from where she was growing up. Several years after her start, Alex lied her way into a waitressing job at Toby's Good Eats, and she quickly learned to love the late nights and fast cash and fast camaraderie that comes with working in the industry. From there, Alex eventually moved to working in finer dining establishments, which in turn led to her to develop a strong interest in wine and earning a sommelier diploma. Alex has worked at noted Toronto restaurants such as Boba and Scaramouche. Eventually, Alex moved to Stratford, Ontario a few years ago and started teaching wine and service at the Stratford Chef School. Alex is also a sales representative for Nicholas Pierce Wines. We enjoyed some great wine and great conversation with Alex. Enjoy the show. Okay, we're back with another episode of the Industry Podcast. My name is Kip. This is Dan. What is happening with you? Oh, just hanging out. Another awesome day in the summer. So yeah. uh, just enjoying uh, not working oh, at the moment. That's great. Because it's evening. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And yourself, how are things going with you? Ah, same old, you know, summer living in the bar industry in Ontario. Not great, but we're getting through it. Mm-hmm, waiting mm-hmm. for fall. Nice. Uh, but if you do happen to be in the Kitchener-Waterloo and Cambridge-Tri-City area in the next couple weekends before we hit the fall, then you should visit some of my places. Uh, Sugar Run is the speakeasy in Kitchener. It's uh, at Sugar Run Bar on Instagram. It's where you can find out what's going on there. We have a burlesque show coming up at the end of the month. Last Friday of every month, you want to check that out. At Sassy Ray Burlesque uh, to follow what she does there. Nice. Actually, what time does the showtime kick off so people get there at the right time? You want to get there when the doors open at 7 okay. because uh, it fills up very quickly. So nice. I recommend that. Uh, get there as soon as possible if you want to get a good seat. That show is amazing. If you haven't checked it out, you should. And just come by for a cocktail. Mm-hmm. Babylon Sisters is the wine bar uptown Waterloo at Babylon Sisters Bar on your Instagram and Facebook feeds. And lots of great stuff going on there all the time. Check out our feed to find out who's DJing. DJ Nana, the last Saturday of every month. That's an awesome show. DJ Bane every Friday night. And uh, rotating wine flights, sangria bowls, everything you're looking for. And then the new spot, Argyle Arms at... Uh, I fucked this one up. Uh, it's okay. I'll put links in the show notes. Thank God. Every, every, every okay. <laughs> yeah, check out the uh, Argyle Arms. But we have live music Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. We have open mic on Wednesday nights. We have specials on wings and pints. We have happy hour every night. So much going on there. So come check out Argyle Arms if you're in the Preston neighborhood. And uh, that's about all I can plug at this point. Perfect. Yeah. We got anything else we need to say? Yes, subscribe, rate, review the show. That helps mm-hmm. out tremendously. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, you can email us info at theindustrypodcast.club or you can uh, DM us at the industry podcast on Instagram. Zach Hanna does the artwork at zachhanna.co. You can also DM, DM him for amazing hip-hop recommendations because he gives me tons all the time. So if, nice. you, yeah. <laughs> so if you want to check him out, at ZachHanna.co. Dot, or at Zachana.co. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, and Z-A-K for yeah. Zach, and I have that link in the show notes as well. Exactly. So just scroll to the bottom of the show notes, you'll see everything there. Okay, yeah. So check all of that out. I think that's all we need to mm-hmm. discuss. We can just get to our guest. Alex Evans is joining us. How are you, Alex? Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me here. Of course. Yeah, thanks for Cheers coming on the show. You. Thanks for Cheers. coming on yes. the show. Yeah, thanks for coming over. It's always nice to have a live guest. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, live guests are Happy the best. Yeah. Thank you. 
And this guest has actually won because she also is a wine rep, and we did a little tasting before the show. That's so, right. <laughs> we're, we're still drinking her wine right now. So well oiled, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so she, that, I think that's the first for the industry podcast show. So you're the winner, Alex. Okay. <laughs> before chicken, you even start. Chicken started. dinner, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you've had a, we met, what, like, probably... Two months ago, two maybe? Two months ago, yeah, you yeah, came... recently. Yep. Yeah, you took mm -hmm. over the Nicholas Pierce portfolio, which is as ironic because two of our good friends who have been on this show were your predecessors. I was going to say, I, I preceded them, yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I have replaced John Kent. Yes. Recently, in the last uh, March, I started, so right. I, I think he left in October, so shortly thereafter. Yes, and before him, it was Michael Anderson, who was a recent Ooh. guest on the show, so yeah, it's yeah. a small world, yeah, but yeah, uh, small, world. small world and lots of wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one of the cool things that uh, you're doing right now, well, so first of all, we should say that you've been in the industry for how long now? Oh, shit. So I'm 56. I started when I was 16, so yeah. almost 40 years, because there's been a retirement uh, COVID thing going on, but yeah, uh, 30, 35, I'm going to say yeah. 35 years, yeah. And I still count, like, what you're doing now is the industry. Like, I mean, you're selling wine. I know you're essentially retired from, like, being on the floor or whatever, but, like, selling wine to restaurants is still industry. It's at least industry adjacent. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. It's it's kind of fun because I get to to talk to people like you, right, mm -hmm. about, you know, life in the industry, but I don't really have to put in the 8 or 10 hour shift. So, yeah. like I said, it, it's nice because I'm in bed by, by 9.30, 10 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, it, it, it's, I feel like I've still got my toe in the door anyway. Yeah, <clears throat> but we were talking while we were doing the tasting about how there's a part of you that still misses the sort of atmosphere of being on the floor some nights. Now, totally. we all miss it when, and I, and when I was when saying, everything goes well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I was, I was saying the same thing, that I kind of miss it sometimes too now that I moved into the ownership role, but like, you miss it, like it's kind of this reminiscing about of like, like a crazy person yeah. you used to date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ex-crazy like, ex, ex person. Yeah, 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 you remember like the, there the glimmers, good times. There are glimmers yeah. of good, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you remember the good times. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I should call that person up yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, no and way. And you're like, God, no, 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 never, <laughs> never. They're horrible. Uh, yeah, I think you romanticize it yeah. a little bit for sure. Um, yeah, I remember there was a point, I, I, two, three, two years ago, I went to Fogo Island um, to work at the Fogo Island Inn, and I, I took a friend with me, and we had a service where everything was magical, and we just looked at each other across the room, and it just felt like... Um, Everything was coming out. the The kitchen was on sync. Both of she and I were on sync. There was just a there was a feeling in the air, and I don't know if you can explain that to listeners who have never worked in the industry. But it's fleeting. It's definitely a fleeting moment. It happens every once in a while, and then of course the next night you work, it's complete shit, and you're yeah. in the weeds for like three hours, and you're hating your life. But um, I think there are moments where you have a, a room full of people, you have a section full of people that are just awesome, they're easy to talk to, the, the kitchen's on point, the bar's on point, everybody, all the reservations are showing up on time, they're ordering nice wines, and they're just, everything is perfect. And those are the moments that I, that amongst others that I really miss. Mm -hmm. And then when you look back at it, so it's like, oh, all those nights were like that. <laughs> yeah, no, and they, they weren't, and they weren't, and they definitely weren't. Hey, how long were you at Fogo Island for? 
I was there for five weeks, just oh, helping nice. out because oh. they couldn't get help. Uh, they couldn't get staff during the pandemic. Uh. So Carl, the owner of Scaramouche, um, his wife sits on the board of directors there, and I had retired, and he emailed me just after I moved to Stratford, saying, "Listen, I know that you've sort of, you know, retired from the industry, but." Uh, would you consider helping out? And I, it was a very short, quick answer, yes. Mm-hmm. Because I knew of the Fogo Island Inn. It was on my bucket list at some point, even though I probably couldn't afford it. And uh, and my, I asked my friend Sarah, who works at Canoe Restaurant in Toronto, and she and I went on this little adventure for five weeks, and it oh, was nice. just, it was magical. It so, was magical, completely magical. Where did you stay when you're out there for like a short term like that? They provided us with a house. Oh, There's a cute perfect. little house that was about a 10-minute walk from the, uh, from the inn, and it was... I can't even begin to express how amazing that place is. If anyone out there gets a chance to even go to Fogo Island, rent a B&B there, um, it's... Uh, I lived in Toronto at the time. It's a complete opposite of what Toronto is. Yeah, I can't imagine It's, it's rustic. Yeah. It's like the end of the world. I mean, it's... it's. Uh, Was Bree Dema still there when you were there? I know that name, but yeah. no. No? Okay. Yeah, she was a psalm out there for a bit. So Kim Sear. Uh, Kim Sear at all? You no, know, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was there. And oddly enough, we worked together 30 years ago at O'Toole's. Yeah, was she right. was a waitress at O'Toole's. O'Toole's. Oh, remember that, was, yeah. that chain was popular. Right, so that's, okay, so that's a perfect transition. So that's kind of how you started with... That was one of my earlier gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was my management gig. I got involved. uh, I worked at Toby's Good Eats for many years. Um, And then a friend of mine was a general manager at O'Toole's on Carlton Carlton Street, right across the street from Maple Leaf Gardens. Oh, wow. That was a a shit show, I'm not going to lie. (laughs) um, And I worked with uh, Jeff there. Yeah, it was Mm. good. That's crazy, yeah. To think of where you end, like when you, so when you, I was, I'm interested in this because like when you were working at like a place like O'Toole's, at that point, like how old would you have been then? 26, 27. Was there any stretch of your imagination that you would end up teaching wine at the Stratford Chef School? Yeah, no, not even close, like not even close. I didn't even know wine at that point. I didn't, I mean, I knew my mom's French from France, so I knew obviously wine, but I didn't know wine. Right. So I, yeah, it was just, it was, it was coming from Toby's. It was sort of a nice segue from Toby's. It was a roadhouse burgers. Um, and again, I was a bit of a hockey fan, so the Leafs used to come in. Oh, Doug Gilmore nice. and I became friends. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I love him. Oh, cool. And uh, it just sort of segued into one day my sister actually said, let's take a wine class together. And uh, we went to George Brown. Like just for fun, sort of. Just for fun, yeah. yeah. Shits, just some giggles. Mm. And I thought, well, it'll help my career. Or sure, help my hurt. help my job, because I yeah. didn't really know. And... Um, the wine teacher was a French, an older Frenchman who had been teaching wine in Toronto for many years. His name is Jacques Marie, for those people that might know him. Um, and we, he started talking about, you know, Pinot Noir, and then he started talking about the war, and then it segued into these stories, these French stories that I loved, um, but everybody else in the class was slitting their wrists because they uh, 
they weren't as interested and they needed to work the next day. So <laughs> it was 10 o'clock at night and we hadn't tasted wine yet. Yeah. So um, I found him mesmerizing. I just thought he was amazing. And I passed, a, he had a test at the end. I passed it and I moved on to the next level of the wine class and then did my sommelier diploma in 2003. And... Uh, that opened many, many doors too. Right. So, like, when you you started this when you were still working at O'Toole's? No, I was had moved on to. Uh, I kept sort of moving up the ladder. So, if it went Toby's and then O'Toole's, and then I started working at Le Paradis, which is a French bistro that had a French wine list, and then from there went on to a restaurant named Boba on Avenue Road. At that point, I'd had my sommelier diploma. Um, at Boba, so I was the yeah. general manager buying the wine. Um, at that point, I was I was pretty entrenched um, in the wine world. We're going back to 2008, I think it was 2007, 2008, um, and it just sort of kept evolving. From I went to Celestin restaurant on Mount Pleasant, and then ended up at uh, Scaramouche, um, and I stayed there for ten years. So right. Uh, so, like, can you pinpoint a time where you're like, I feel like I'm into wine now, like, and that's when you wanted to start doing the courses? Or, oh, yeah. yeah. During the courses and the sommelier courses, I was a wine geek. I'm not right. going to lie. I spent a lot of money just buying, tasting, you know, you, you, you research all these wines that you're learning about. Uh, well, <laughs> you got to taste them, right? Right. So, uh, you spend a lot of money just sort of... I go to the Italian wine tra- the tasting in Toronto, the uh, and I just you're a geek, you're a yeah. wine geek, and at some point you do it sort of dissipates <laughs> that you're not all consumed by it. But um, well, it's a lot of work. Like that studying is insane. Like I did my levels that I did, and I was just like after a while, I'm like I don't have the time to keep up with the amount of studying that goes into it yeah, and, and yeah. like you really have to dedicate your yeah, existence yeah, to it yeah. for a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. It was a good solid year, almost a year and a half where it was uh, like I'm going to say three to four hours a day consistently for almost uh, a year and a half. But I loved learning about the geography, the climate, you know, just the history. Um, you start going down the rabbit hole and and there's so much to learn, you know? There's so much that goes into a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved um, just learning uh, all of it. Like, I just, I got really bitten by the wine bug. And then, you know, you when you geek out for, like, a couple of years, you do, there's a point where you go, okay, it's, it's just wine. Like, <laughs> back up a little bit. It's not, you know, it's, we're not changing lives here or anything yeah, like that. We're not so curing cancer. We're not curing bu- cancer. Like, let's Actually, just, nobody uh, is, so don't worry about no, it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the taste of it. I, I'm not going to lie. I, um, I drink it every day. I, I, maybe because my mom is French, I have a good understanding of France, which has really helped me in my career. Right. Sort of the birthplace of wine, so I can speak to that. I love, I just love the history of it. I love pairing foods. I love, I just, I love, it was a nice segue from the restaurant business into the wine career that has led me into selling wines now. Yeah. It's, uh, and when you're, 
doing? So one of the things I'm curious about is like, because I I struggle to keep my level of retention of the knowledge up yeah. because I'm not doing it every day anymore, and yeah. it's like, and plus I'm trying to run a couple other businesses that are not wine focused, and like, you know, like I run a Scottish pub in. Preston, Ontario, like that's not wine heavy. So yeah, so I'm like, so I got to focus on that stuff, and then I, I really, there's so much knowledge that yeah. you need to retain. Like, how how do you find? Like, I mean, you're still working in the wine industry, selling wine now, but like, how do you find since you stopped taking the courses, like, and stopped working, say, in a high end restaurant? Like, yeah. how is your wine retention knowledge? It's hard, yeah. uh, you know. Now that I've started back uh, into the wine world, with working with Nicholas Pierce, all of a sudden they're talking about these new ways to ferment. Like, they're mm. fermenting in cement. Uh, you know, they're, they're fermenting in amphora, which is not something that I learned 20 years ago. So all of a sudden, the trends, I love listening and watching these trends in the hospitality business. You know, in the hospitality business, especially after now post-pandemic, people aren't using, you know, let's say the fine dining restaurants aren't using tablecloths anymore. You know, there's a scale back of trying to save some cost on, like I said, tablecloths, or they're just, I love seeing how, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, there was, you know, Centros in Toronto and, and all these higher end places. And now that seems to have dissipated and everybody's a little bit more casual paying attention to their finances a little bit more. Mm -hmm. The same thing can apply to the wine world, is that the trends have changed, right? So now people are into natural wines, or biodynamic, organic, uh, amphora. This is all sort of new in the last, you know, five, ten years. So you have to, and we're making great wine in Ontario, which is a new wine region unto itself, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, 50 years ago, there was no wine in Ontario. There were no vineyards in Ontario. Mm -hmm. If you compare it to France or Italy like that, like it's... So I love seeing the progress, um, the trends that emerge in this industry that we're in that are, you know, once upon a time you used to dress up to get on a plane, you know. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. people show up in a fine dining establishment with, you know, shorts and flip-flops on. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, everything has changed. What, what is your personal opinion about that? Like, do you... I'm not you, a fan. No, yeah. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of miss the days where people, like, there should, like, there's nothing wrong with the casual fine dining experience. Like, like, I, that's how I would, like, describe... I mean, Babylon is not um, fine dining by any stretch of the imagination, but it, we try to create a curated wine experience yeah. that's very casual. So it's like we have some very high-priced wines there, and but no one looks at it as like a place where you got to show up in a suit. Yeah. But there should still be those places. I totally agree. I totally agree. Like, I think there we have to have standards. You know, like I think in 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 fine dining restaurants you can't show up with a baseball cap on and, right. oh, and yeah. shorts and flip-flops. Like, yeah. I just... And a tank top, Budweiser tank top? Yeah. <laughs> sorry if I'm offending anybody out there, but... Well, it would I be just, a busy tank top these yeah. days. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know. There's certain things that I think that we should get dressed up for. And yeah. I think that we should... You know, there are certain things. Uh, yes, of course, getting on a plane in a in a suit doesn't make sense. But no. <laughs> I think going out for dinner for your anniversary, 
in a fine dining restaurant with tablecloths, ordering a nice bottle of wine makes sense. Yeah, and there's but there's something romantic even about the notion of like getting in a suit to get on an airplane. Totally. I think like I, there's something like uh, that. It, it yeah. sh- shows you're making an effort. Yeah, <laughs> making effort. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just make an Instead effort. Because if not, we'd be in sweatpants all the time. Yeah. Well, like, uh, any if you're under the age of thirty, you are. You are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And now we sound like old people yelling at clouds. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, still, yeah, yeah. but still, like I, 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 I sound think, like my mother. I think there's a place <laughs> for that. That in in our society, there should be there's a place for the like the actual fine dining experience. When you look yeah. around, you're paying a lot for your meal, you're paying a lot for your wine, you're getting impeccable service for that reason, and you, you owe it to the establishment to look the part as well. Totally, I right? totally agree. Like, you know, at, at Scaramouche, for example, I would have a tie on. I would, or as if I was serving, if I was the maitre d' or sommelier, I'd have a, a you know, a, sh- a beautiful shirt on and a jacket and and pants, and I would be in a fine dining attire. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if you're going out for that, I think there's so few occasions that allow us to do that. That. I think that that there should be room for that in our society, right? Right. Like, I mean, we're not saying that all places have to be like that, and yep. probably the places that people are going to frequent the most are not going to be like that. But th- there's a room for there's still a room for that type of establishment to exist, totally. right? Like, I totally agree. Yeah. Even if you've gotten rid of the tablecloths and you're you're trying to, um, you know, save costs on other things and and still be in an upscale environment, I think you should. I don't know. Dress the part. Right. No, I agree. Yeah, and and I and I do miss it because you do go into like these really nice restaurants now. Like there are restaurants that are still trying to do the tablecloths and everything. Yeah. And you go, but you go in there, and the people in the restaurant are just like you said, dressed in shorts and flip flops. I'm yeah, like, what I is happening? I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it, and I'll never, I'll never get it. But that's just I'm, I'm old. Yeah, <laughs> well, we all are. <laughs> that's right. This is good. this is going to turn into the old persons in yeah. old person, old people of the industry podcast. <laughs> Not just this episode. I mean, in general. In general yeah. Totally, totally. Sign me up. Because I, I get fucking older every year. We, we're too, we turned 50 this year, so we're like in the same boat where it's yeah. just like looking back when like no one under the age of 30 is ever going to listen to yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so we're probably preaching to the choir. But <laughs> Totally. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Stratford because though when you, so you're teaching wine at the Stratford Chef School, so who, like are you teaching well, actually, just describe what you do. That'll be <laughs> easier than me. I tried to formulate Yeah, so uh, a couple of years, you know, post-pandemic, uh, we, my partner and I decided to move to Stratford, and I knew I couldn't do the business anymore, the industry. So I, through some neighbor friends uh, who sits on the board, one of them sits on the board of directors at the Stratford Chess School, and my experience, they felt that I would be well-suited to take over from um, the my predecessor, who is at Langdon Hall. And I'm teaching service and wine to uh, first and second year students at the Stratford Chef School, which is a perfect sort of segue from my career. I, I like the idea of taking all of my experience, all of my knowledge, and just sort of passing it on to this mm-hmm. younger generation that... Um, What I like about the Stratford Chef School is that they're teaching them, obviously, cooking, but there is an element of knowing how to serve and knowing how uh, what uh, wines are are paired, and there's a wine element as well. So Mm -hmm. I like that they're giving them sort of the complete package, um, that they're not just teaching them how to cook. It's that they're understanding 
all aspects of the restaurant business. Well, and I would say that we like we've talked to a number of like pretty well-respected chefs on the show now, which is um, and they've all gone to chef school or whatever. Yeah. And um, all, in 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 similar fashion, like all of them have had to learn how to pair wines properly with food, and mm-hmm. and also this the service component as well, because it does like. <laughs> I don't know how to describe this perfectly, but like if you're a chef at a high-end restaurant, like you're the executive chef, the head chef, however you want to describe it, you should know how proper service is given. Yeah. So you can call it out if you don't if you're not seeing it, right? Like Yeah, and I think that there's also an element of the back of house experiencing what the front of house goes through. Right. You know, they can go through, you know, a really crappy customer or they can go through the stress. I mean, they're in the stress. They have their own stresses in the back, but the front of house has their own separate stresses. And for for a short period of time, they can experience that. Right. So they can have a better understanding because there is always that divide between front and back of house. Um, this at least gives them a hands-on experience mm-hmm. with with what that looks like for them. Yeah, and that's important because, like you said, that divide exists, and yep. it's so easy for the front of house to yell at the back yep. of house over an error and vice versa, right? Where it's like, hey, we're all if we we're all on the same work, team, you we're know, all we're on the same together. team, and there's always been, you know, we can go down maybe this rabbit hole, but um, the back of house and front of house, there's inequality with the with the amount of money that they make and that has always been the case mm-hmm. and um, yeah. we touched on this briefly earlier but uh, I'd like to see more just a little bit more equity in in both mm-hmm. and because both of them work equally as hard uh, I just want to make sure that uh, at some point the back of house and front of house are more they work more in unison financially uh, physically all of those things uh-huh. yeah and like I'm sure you obviously working as long as you've worked in the industry like you've worked in several places where there was like a major divide and mm-hmm. other places where it was a little closer and mm-hmm. like as have I and I always say the 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 most enjoyable times I've had at work were the times where the back of house and front of house were in unison magically got along yeah Yeah, Yeah. got along and like yeah those are those are magical times because 90% of the time it doesn't work that way because at the end of the day all we're trying to do is is make the customer happy right Mm. I mean that's what the the ultimate goal is so I I I feel strongly uh, and and if anything the pandemic showed us there is a divide you know there's a divide between the line cooks that are making, you know, a little bit more than minimum wage and working 14 hours a day, not getting paid overtime, mm-hmm. and the waiter that works five hours and makes 300 bucks, you know? So I really would like to see that. Even out? Uh, again, yeah. I say yeah. that, and yeah. I've retired now, of course. Yeah. You know, sure, yeah, of course, even and out. Um, but I do... I would like to see more equality. That's, yeah. I guess, uh, my point in that. Teaching at the school now, like, wh- how are you finding the students? Like, at what age are they generally? Mm. And like, what? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> they are younger. Yeah, they're younger. They're they're young. They're, I had a few students that actually couldn't drink wine uh, oh, because they weren't oh, of oh, age. Oh, they never they never drunk wine. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. They Never. like the taste of the wine, so that was fun. <laughs> Teaching them wine, wow. so, yeah. Um, yeah. How do you teach wine to someone who's never, like, especially, because you're trying to teach, like, food pairings and, like, yeah, how yeah. to, like, <sighs> flavor profiles, and someone who just is like, I straight don't like the taste of wine. <laughs> yeah, or weren't able to drink it because they weren't of age. Yeah. So, you know, a couple 18-year-olds, uh, or, or some that just didn't like the taste of wine. They just didn't like it. And we're seeing that a lot, you know. It's, again, going back to the trends that oh. we're seeing is that now a lot of maybe in the bar, uh, Kip, you can speak to that, is, um, you know, non-alcoholic drinks. Yeah. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot yeah. of younger people that just aren't drinking uh, like they, I know. <laughs> Cross my arms I was not that person. I just yeah. want to point out I was yeah. not that person. Um, but we're seeing a lot of that happening, right? Mm. That is our reality right now. Like with trends I, um, I spoke about, is it's kind of neat to see them evolving, you know, moving forward. So it's been, it's been interesting, the younger generation teaching them about something that they may or may not like mm -hmm. at all and don't like the taste of and they weren't brought up with. So it, it's been interesting but also rewarding because you get a handful of students at the end of the class that go, Wow, that was so cool. How can I take more classes? What books should I buy? What should I buy at the LCBO? You know, they're totally engaged and they're totally bought into it. And they have had a little bite of the wine bug. Yeah. And you just want to feed them, you know. And I think I'd love to see where you end up in, like, the next five yeah, years. Yeah, like, are yeah. you going to be a sommelier? Are you going to... Are you going to pursue this? Is this just a sort of a fleeting moment or hopefully you can take this and, and, and move forward with it, you know? Yeah, I love that too, like even just in my places of business, like whether it's Sugar Run where it's like more cocktail focused or Babylon where it's more wine focused, when you see like someone young who's actually taking a keen interest in it, totally. like I love, I still love that so much. Totally. Like, and then you see the other people who are just, it's a job for them yeah, and that's yeah. fine and yeah. that's fine yeah. too, right? Yeah. But it's yeah. like, but when you, catch one that's like keenly interested yeah. in, the, in the knowledge because it just reminds you of you when you were younger totally. right it's like I got into it and then once I got into it I got fascinated by it and then you, there's it's just different personality types right like you find something that you're into and there's people who are like I'm into that now I need to know everything about it totally. and then there's the people who are like yeah. uh, I'm kind of into that but yeah, like yeah, I'm also into thing. this over here that's yeah. not their thing and yeah. I totally yeah. get that but what, there are a select few people that do get bitten by that wine bug Man, it's fun to talk to them because their eyes just light up and they just want to gather as much information as possible. And uh, I get it because I, I definitely was one of those people. Um, I love the nuances and styles of wine. I was teaching today actually at the, sh at the chef school uh, summer classes and um, just everybody's trying to absorb what I'm saying and trying to understand, you know, I was... A talking about new world wines versus old world wines and what stylistically how different they are and um, just watching them really trying to understand what I'm saying and how does that relate to <clears throat> what they're tasting mm -hmm. you know and, and and there's something just very rewarding as a as someone who is teaching wine uh, when they start to get at that aha moment where they're like yeah that's what I taste, you know, you say, you know, black cherry or whatever, and they're like, yes, yeah, 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 yeah I get it. And yeah. it's that moment where, and they, you can see just the wheels turning, and I really hope that I inspire them as much as 
um, my teacher inspired me. I hope to be that person where they can look back at some point in their life and go, you know, Alex got me really excited about wine, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day. And I, I hope to be that person right. in, in their life. Yeah, well, it, I can imagine that you are because you clearly like once you start talking about the shit that you're into, like you, you the passion comes out, right? Yeah, I and love like, it. I, and love I think it. that's like why you and I clicked when you came for the first wine tasting we did. So we yeah. just got talking about wine. We got talking about the service industry in yeah. general, and it was just like we were both into it. Um, how do you find that with your? sort of side gig now. I don't know if you call it a side gig or a real gig. You got, you got a lot of gigs. You're, yeah, quote, get, you're, you're quote gigs. unquote retired, Alex, <laughs> yeah. but you still, you still have many jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, the, like for selling wine to people, like when you're, so when you go to sell wine, and you're selling wine obviously all over the province, I'm assuming, yeah. right? So uh, Nicholas Pierce is a pretty big um, agency. And uh, are you mostly do you find what level? I guess it's different at every place. Like a smaller places like mine, you probably deal with more like ownership level people, yep. and then like at the bigger chain or chain restaurants or just big restaurants in general, you're probably dealing with like a wine buyer or a manager or whatever, right? What do you find like the level of passion or knowledge of the people that you're generally selling wine to overall? It varies. I'd, I'd say mo for the most part, everybody who anyone who's buying wine has has a fairly good indication of um, they, they they understand even if it's a rudimentary you know they've taken one wine class they understand the difference between a Chardonnay and a Sauvignon Blanc yeah. um, and then you've got the you know the 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 geekier sommeliers that want to know you know what. Uh, <laughs> what elevation was the vineyard you right. know, planted at and I go god man do you really need to know that shit like I mean and you like, oh, 100% like, do just not. taste the wine like yeah. do you like it or not like yeah. like where is that gonna go like where like what are you gonna do with that well, like, he's gonna make a comment on reddit <laughs> but you know what the truth is like I I'm so glad you said that because I think about that all the time and like like let's say hypothetically that was, uh, you're trying to sell wine to me, and yeah. I'm, I'm being that way about it. Like, tell me about the terroir, tell me, like, oh, whatever. Thanks. I'm like, what am I legitimately gonna do with that knowledge? If I even try to pass that on to my staff, they're gonna, they're gonna be like, what the fuck are you talking like, about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then they're gonna be like, they're gonna find the wines they like the best and push those ones. Like, just like yeah. people always like, do, that's right? Human nature, right? Yeah. And like uh, we have uh, somebody in town here who's a psalm who's like pretty famous for like going to the table and giving like a forty-five minute description of the wine. People don't care. They don't they give a fuck. Shit. Like they just like pour the wine. Yeah, I would yeah. like to drink like, it can now. You, are you done now? You know, yeah. Like, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's yeah. There are a few people I know like that. And whatever. I no judgment from me. That's yeah. their thing. You know, it it, it gives them uh, a sense of purpose, sure. confidence, whatever. Um, I don't know. Do you like the wine or not? I don't know. Like it, I, I look at it from a very rudimentary, very basic. Um, my biggest thrill in life is finding a really good fifteen dollar bottle of wine. Oh, I love it. I I don't need to <laughs> buy like fifty dollars, like thirty. I've never spent that bottle on a bottle of wine. Like I. I I get much more joy out of finding a fantastic, you know, $13, $15, $17 bottle mm -hmm. of wine. I don't need to know where, uh, like, I, I I don't need to know that, all the, the details that some sommeliers need to know. Right. Because, like, most people don't give a shit. No. When you start, they just want to know, I try and keep it, if I, if I sell wine to a customer at a restaurant, 
I give them two or three bite-sized pieces. You know, it's going to be, you, you have to talk about the weight of the wine. So it's going to be a mid-weight wine or medium-bodied wine with bright acids, dark cherry. It's going to go very well with the food you paired. That's all they care about. Yep. They don't need to know... Uh, Whether it's 900 meters elevation above <laughs> yeah. the floor, or 650 How does that affect your life? How does that affect your dinner? How does that... Like, no. No, no. They Strong don't. no. They don't care. And like, uh, yeah, and it's almost like... I feel like when I see people doing that at a table, it's like it's like you said, it's almost about them. Yeah, it's, it's more about them it, than it is about the wine or anything. That's else. right. Like it's great. You know a lot. We're very good pleased. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, I've said it many times on this show, and many times in any conversation I've ever had about wine, is that the best thing that the wine course has taught me was how to buy better wine cheaper. Totally. totally. <laughs> like, that is, yeah, it's literally the best thing I got out of yeah, it. Totally. Like, yeah, totally. 100%. Yeah. And if I, if I find at the LCBO a product that I love for 13, 14 bucks, I'll buy two cases of it and I'm happy to drink it for yeah. the next, you know, X, X amount of time. 100%. Like now, the LCBO, we can go down a rabbit hole on that. Yeah, that's well, getting that's shittier and shittier. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I refuse to pay more than $20 for a bottle of wine when mm-hmm. I go to the LCBO. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what, and that, and I would, I'm sure you would agree with me, Alex, but like, that's why I highly recommend, even if you're not in the service industry or you don't specifically care about like massive wine knowledge, yeah. like, but you like to drink wine, just take take a couple levels of W set, yep. and you will your life is going to be infinitely better because you can buy cheaper wine. A hundred percent. And I said that to my students. Yep. I said I don't know what you guys are going to do with the knowledge that I've just given you, but at the end of the day, in five years, if you guys have a dinner party, you'll be able to go to the LCBO and say, okay, I can sort of navigate my way around what she's taught me. Mm. You know, even if I give you a slice. A, sl- a small slice of something that can help you in your day-to-day life. Yeah. Why not take that? Right. You know, like, um, even if you, it helps you navigate a wine list in France um, just a little bit. Yeah. You know, like, uh, why wouldn't you take that? Because it's such an intimidating subject for most people to sit down and open a big wine list and they get all scared and they think they're going to get ripped off by the sommelier and... Mm. I've been the opposite of that. I would ra- much rather, if somebody tells me they want this style of wine for 80 or 90 bucks, I'd rather sell them a $70 bottle of wine that I know they're going to like and hopefully come back. You know, right. It was always my style as a, as a manager is, I want you to come back. I yes. don't want to rip you off and get an extra 50 bucks out of you. And you look at your bill at the end of the night and go, I'm never going back there. Right. Like it's so short-sighted, and, and a lot of people are in it for a very short term, whereas I, I always think that, you know, if, 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 if you have my trust, I can recommend a wine to you. You can come back and say, hey, we tried this last time. What else do you recommend? And I can fit the, 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 the price uh, profile that you're looking for. And there's an, uh, there's a relationship that's established that's right. there, and they can come back and go, hey, Alex, you know, you, 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 um, I really like what you did last time. Let's sort of follow that, and and next thing you know, they're coming back, you know, every month or whatever. That's right. Yeah, and that's uh, it, it's funny you said that too. Is like the short sighted thinking because I think it applies to humanity as a whole, but yep. like specifically in this industry, so many people are just looking for that dollar that's yep. directly in front of their face rather than the hundred that might be coming down yep. the road, right? Yep. Like, yep. it's just like, establish a relationship with your guests, yep. and then they, like, instead of trying to just 
bleed them for money while they're there. Like, it, does, it makes no sense. No. It, especially like, in this climate too. Right? Oh God, yeah. Like, and people are people are getting wise to that shit yeah. too, right? Yeah. Like, it, maybe there was a day where you could pull that shit off, but I think it's behind us now. Like, totally. people are like, like, there's such a massive level of distrust in society in general now yeah. um, that you almost have to work doubly hard to gain people's trust before you've even met them. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. so, like, you got to come with that sort of idea that, like, I, I, I'm, I'm in this with you. Like, like I'm I, on your I, side. I, yeah, yeah, I want totally. you to have a good experience here, and I'm not trying to bleed you for the most expensive bottle of wine. I'm yeah. trying to say, like, look, you could, like, it, the coolest thing anyone can say to you when you're going to sit down at a really, for a really expensive meal, I don't care how much money you have, like, is to be like, okay, yeah, you could order the $150 bottle of wine. You will love it. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you right now, you could also order this $80 bottle totally. of wine, and you will love it. It will also pair beautifully yeah. with your meal, yeah. right? And yeah. people appreciate that shit. Totally, like, 100%. And I've worked in, in I've worked in restaurants where I've worked with waiters where they just, like, they just see the end result, which is making more money off a sale. And I just, I've never seen it like that. Mm-hmm. I want people to come back. I want them to uh, feel comfortable with me and come back and, and, and establish a trust. I mean, it's, it's essentially that's, uh, at the end of the day, in the hospitality business, that's what it's all about. Well, that is absolutely the perfect spot to end this. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, that was like the perfect ending to the show, Alex. We, we're so glad that you came by. The, this we is lo- fun. We love doing these things in person, and uh, we also got a wine tasting on it, which was lovely. And you got some sales out of it, which is good. It works out. Win, Nicholas win, Pierce. win. Nicholas Pierce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Nicholas Pierce Wines. Check them out for private sales as well. Private I'm sales. You love to yeah, do that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice and they, I, I will. I can speak. I've been dealing with Nicholas Pierce forever, and uh, Alex is amazing. She's one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever tasted wine with, and. She has tons of amazing products at super, like all price ranges, yep. but like lots of really good shit at, at totally reasonable prices, which is the best thing. So it's even better. Yeah. All right, Alex. Thanks, thanks again guys for, for doing it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. Thank you.